and welcome to the Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. I'm your host, Vidas Pinkavichus. Today's guest is Robin Guldbrandsson from Sweden, who knows a whole lot about preserving heritage, old churches and organs. He was born in 1980 and grew up on the countryside in western Sweden. Currently, Robin is a heritage officer at Western Jotland Museum in Skara from this winter. And prior to that, uh, from 2006 till 2016, he worked at Jönköping County Museum. His main field of expertise is controller and heritage expert in restoration works concerning churches, but also from time to time he deals with exhibitions and book projects. Robin graduated from Gothenburg University in 2003 with a master in archaeology, combined with art history and heritage studies, and had special interest in building archaeology. Robin is also a passionate black and white photographer and has traveled a lot through Transylvania. His interest uh, with historical organs became more and more vivid after he started working in the heritage care with inventorization of churches around 2004-2005. I met uh, Robin uh, at the Church of the Holy Ghost in Vilnius. Uh, He was visiting uh, Vilnius uh, for the conference of archaeology and um, he wanted to visit uh, the old uh, Adam Gottlob Gasparini uh, organ there from 1776. Um, So in this conversation Robin talks about his experience with preserving heritage wooden medieval churches and old organs. Let's go to the show. So Robin, I am so happy that uh, we're finally having this conversation. You contacted me uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, you wanted to visit the famous Casparini organ in town. Yes. And we, we went. Remember how we were lucky and local organist Romuald uh, showed us the basements uh, of that uh, church yes, where we... mummies were present. What was your impression of that trip? Oh, well, it was very nice. You really got the complete view of the whole church from the top, from the organ, the top of the organ, down to the basement and the world of the dead ones. Right, right. You made a few photos, right, of of the mummies and Uh, and the basement? Well, I think I got one or two good ones. Uh uh When I showed uh, the photo of the mummy uh, from the 18th century, or it was a 19th century mummy, maybe to my student, in the school that I teach she was terrified you know was it scary for you (laughs) no I have seen them before in my work and so can you tell our listeners what it is that you do well actually I'm into the heritage care in Sweden so I work in one of the regional museums in West Sweden that's Westjötlands museum in the town of Skara old uh, uh, cathedral town uh, very small but very nice and uh, normally my normal uh, work is uh, being a controller or supervisor mm-hmm. in uh, restorations mainly uh, church buildings and uh, well the kind of works can uh, uh, it's quite a wide range of works you have to supervise and also uh, know quite a lot about mm-hmm. so it ranged from facade restorations to uh, well 
how to make good electrical installations in a historical building, and uh, of course from time and time also organs, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting and stimulating. What kind of education does this kind of work require? Well, you should have quite a broad one in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, nowadays we have actually in uh, Göteborg, Gothenburg, uh, quite a, f- a program for heritage care. Uh, but uh, actually, I have my background in archaeology, mm-hmm. and uh, so my main subject was archaeology in the university several years ago. And uh, then I studied art history. Uh, also a bit of heritage care history and uh, some language studies as well so it uh, was quite a mixture in a way like the how it used to be in Sweden before the old uh, uh, museum people uh, actually had a quite broad background with different subjects uh, themes so to say and way like to work quite broad as well mm-hmm. some of the old uh, antiquarians uh, Well, in the 50s, 60s, well, they could be archaeologists, mm-hmm. architects, and, uh, well, sometimes they were also musicians. Right. <laughs> so, uh, like a bit of a renaissance ideal, but, of course, they were better at some things than at others, like every man. So you do go to a lot of uh, historical buildings, right? Uh, historical yes. churches. Yes. Do you remember, uh, Robin, what was the first... Uh, church that you entered as a as an uh, either uh, art historian or archaeologist to to, to research. Oh, oh well, I think the, um, one of the first ones. Uh, oh, it must have been. Well, I, we made I made some studies on summer in Gotland. So of course there are lots of lots of churches from medieval times. But uh, as a professional, uh, actually, uh, it was. Uh, Quite, uh, quite normal 19th century church mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, some small remains of medieval times but uh, in a way quite ordinary from, from, for Swedish countryside church uh, mm-hmm. so but uh, well quite a lot of old uh, inventories and uh, well of course always the organ I don't think it was very special but uh, anyhow so but after that of course I visited hundreds of churches And, uh, well, in Sweden and other countries, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, well, you, you, in a way, you get a feeling for them. And So, I imagine you go to the old church, like like the, like, uh, the one we went to, the Kaspar, to see the Kasparini organ. Yes. You start to feel some sort of at home, right? You feel the smell of the building, right? The old, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. sometimes, wood or the... Or the bricks, right, yes. and or, or stone, yes. and sometimes you even uh, can remember that feeling, that the image smell. later, yes. later in your life, yes. right? Yes, you have quite a. This is the, you, it's a bit neglected the the memory of the senses in a way, mm-hmm. because one of the strongest memories you could have could have from a place could be actually the smell, the combination of smells from exactly. an old stone building, the old wood and things like that so it's, uh, of course that's uh, apart from the quite scientific regard of things And but still the historical buildings are in a way uh, speaks to our senses not only as historical documents mm-hmm. so they are an experience and 
So, Rodin, uh, you work a lot with an antiquities, right? Yes. Antiquities and uh, historical material. Uh, who inspired you to take up this kind of career? Not to 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 look to the future, but to look to the past, right? Well, I, I would like to see it like that, that uh, to be able to look to the future, you should know the past and actually bring a bit of it with you into the future. I was waiting for this answer. <laughs> yes, but, but uh, back to the question. Um, in a way, well, since I was quite small, uh, uh, I was quite... Um, fascinated by the old buildings and where I was brought up well we had the old some old castles you could go there each summer and look at it and uh, feel the atmosphere I was always the one who insisted upon going there and of course you had the when the school finished for a term for before Christmas and before summer we always went to the small village church from the medieval times mm -hmm. and for a small kid Well, I must have been then some six years old. Mm -hmm. uh, quite uh, lasting impressions. Right. Uh, the, like um, a mixture of impressions. And of course, well, of course, the organ was one part of that too. Uh, first encounter, <laughs> like for many people. But uh, for me, I think it, the whole atmosphere had quite a big importance. And of course, later I had the, um, the, the luck to have uh, some of the really uh, old, uh, in a way old-fashioned, but the, the, the classical kind of school teachers, uh, the old generations, uh, and they were really good and knew very much. And actually they also stimulated my interest and they, they uh, helped as good as they could to uh, stimulate it. And, well, I think it played quite a big part. Mm -hmm in uh, paving the way for <laughs> where I was heading but well <laughs> you never know <laughs> and you do play the organ though right uh, I've seen you play some hymns very nice hymns that everybody knows and uh, um, where did that come from in your life it's very late actually mm -hmm. I'm still uh, very much in the beginning of learning to mm -hmm. play the organ Uh, so actually the interest of, for the organ is much older than myself at all being able to play on it. So, but, uh, well, I always was interested in the classical music. And, uh, well, as I saw, uh, maybe the organ was the first encounter with classical music or the classical repertoire mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the churches. And uh, as a teenager, well, I, I was maybe like all the other ones... Uh, I preferred to listen to Wagner, uh, not hard metal, <laughs> and uh, Beethoven and Russian <laughs> composers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and more and more, I got acquainted also with the organ, but mainly uh, actually during my university time, because mm -hmm. I, I uh, have quite a lot of organist friends that I got to know in those days. And uh, so you could spend quite an evening uh, in a completely dark church just playing uh, having fun with the organ isn't that beautiful when nobody <laughs> really disturbs you right yes, yes. you, you shut, up, shut off from the world right and yes. you you can play for hours hours the same hymn without end right yes uh, I, I remember my first also one of the first experience with the larger instrument was uh, I was visiting my grandparents in the northern part of Lithuania and they had a church uh, with Latvian built organ, yeah. a romantic style, but pneumatic 
diplomatic action mm -hmm. in 19th century, end of 19th century. And uh, luck luckily enough, uh, the priest let me play this organ. Yeah, why and I was, uh, I was sort of fascinated with the echo, with the sound. Uh, just like you, I played harmonizations, yeah, yes, you know. Yes. And, uh, It, it felt like a meditation to me, yeah. don't you think? Yes, and in a way, it's a, you really, the room belongs to you when you sit by the organ in a quite fascinating way, uh, which intrigues me uh, very much because, well, you have a whole well orchestra for yourself. Uh, so uh, that was very, very interesting, and well. Later, uh, I also made quite a lot of journeys in Eastern Europe, especially in uh, Transylvania, Siebenbürgen, today Romania. And actually, uh, well, maybe by hazard, I got to travel around with some uh, organ builders, organ mm -hmm. students from, from Hungary who uh, uh, were working with historic organs, interested in historical organs, and we traveled around and... Uh, Then I actually got up my eyes for the organ as a historical construction mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, his, and con historical construction still functioning, working well. Many of these organs weren't working because of neglect, uh, the neglect, neglect, and so on. But uh, so I think that was mm, what actually got me into. Having an interest for the organ as a piece of heritage, mm -hmm. a piece of built heritage, and a piece of also sounding heritage, of course. Uh, but my main entrance into it, of course, in a way, it's just a, the, of the organ as a historical construction mm -hmm. and the most intricate construction you could imagine from the past centuries. So um, that was quite uh, rewarding, and bit by bit, I got more and more interesting uh, well of course I was around lots in church so I could have opportunity alone to just sneak up to the organ and try it uh, and uh, after a while well, some years ago I decided well I should do something more with this mm -hmm. uh, so I, I was a controller in Jönköping where they was building a new organ for the, the choir in the church of uh, Christine and uh, they wanted a Bach organ in the traditions of Silberman mm, so they hired the Wegscheider company from Dresden and uh, so I was a controller and we had quite a nice uh, uh, nice discussions and uh, uh, good discussions about uh, well of course there was always problems to solve, especially placing a big organ in a historical church and to make it good and look good as well. So we had, it became quite nice and actually then I asked if it was possible to have a practicum or something because they are very famous for their historical restoration works and well I got the opportunity so I spent three months there in mm -hmm. 2013 so uh, that was a good time to learn not just uh, restoration but traditional organ building you mentioned Robin uh, that uh, what got you interest into into closer acquaintance with the organ it's construction it's mechanical yes. uh, engineering right yes in a way part uh, it's it's a new angle for me because when I talk to people of uh, 
in one way or another related to the organ mm -hmm. world. Sometimes uh, what uh, fascinates them about the organ mm -hmm. is, I don't know, mystery, right? Yes. Sometimes how does it work? <laughs> sometimes uh, the magnificence in, in, a, in a cathedral building like that, mm -hmm. uh, they hear the sounds that they never forget, right, for the first time. Uh, but with your case, it's a construction, it's a technical engineering, right? Yeah, in a way, it's, uh, well, an intricate... Well, it's because, uh, formally, mainly, my kind of people working with heritage care, they usually don't know that much what is inside the organ. Mm -hmm. the, the, the heritage knowledge, it ends and starts with the facade. And, well, in a 19th century organ, the facade has almost nothing to do with what's behind. Mm -hmm. And, well, in order to judge a restoration program or uh, for the uh, authorities and so, uh, well, you must have, uh, and be being able at all to be part of, a, as a controller for the heritage side in an organ project, well, you must know how do you estimate the values of what's inside the organ? And of course, that's not only the pipework, it's also the construction, how the mechanics, the wind chests, and all these things, that which for many heritage, uh, people in the heritage care is quite, a, well, still a mysterious world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In a way, there are only uh, two, three uh, people of, who actually work with the broader sense heritage care but actually also are working and with organ heritage when you go to the place like this either to St. John's Church here in Vilnius or uh, to the Holy Ghost Church where the Gasparini organ stands uh, do you look at the place uh, through the eyes of the art historian uh, archaeologist uh, or any kind of heritage person right mm -hmm. or you just uh, uh, forget your education and uh, and training mm. and you look with amazement you know the baroque ornaments and wall paintings and that, that yes in a way in Vilnius in mm -hmm. special uh, these baroque churches uh, actually um, they tend you to look at them more from this uh, emotional horizon because well, the impression is overwhelming, uh, and uh, well, it, you will have actually to sit down for a while and look to and start analyze. to analyze mm -hmm. uh, the interior. But well, that, that you can't do from the start because the immediate impression is what was meant with the Baroque, overwhelming and uh, for the senses. Isn't not that, for the not for the mind. Isn't that similar uh, when you watch a good movie, right? You forget you, what you're seeing yes. right, for the first time. Yes. When you look at it again, then you, you can analyze. You see how they have uh, put the scenes together, the angles of a camera, oh, and how they coming. manipulate, and how they use the music. Right. Well, I'm a cineast as well, so <laughs> I tend to look at movies in that way right. uh, when I've seen them or something, mm -hmm. you can break it down mm -hmm. into the Same components. is with organ music, right? When you first hear uh, the composition of famous or not so famous composer that you like and enjoy for the first time, yes. you, you sort of completely are immersed in the experience, yeah. but only later you 
can recollect what happened mm. or when you uh, hear it second or the third time, yeah. then you can analyze and uh, look at uh, uh, through another put analytical editor's head basically. Yes, yes, how it how is it orchestrated, mm-hmm. how is it how is the structure and uh, well, it's, uh, in a way it's uh, quite uh, similar. Mm-hmm. So that's what we uh, organists sometimes try to do. We try to move people with our playing so that they would forget what they are hearing. In a good recital or concert or even a church service, people would come back uh, come back to us and say, you know, you moved me. I forgot that I'm in this place. I, I thought my... my my, I was transferred to a fantasy world, you know. Mm. I closed my eyes and I meditated. These experiences show that the recital was sort of um, successful in a way that uh, a person was transfixed with, the, with your art. Mm. But sometimes, in not so good playing, you could you could hear right away what's happening. Mm. What kind of registration yes. is, is used? What kind of articulation is not used? Mm. Or good good articulation uh, so you could analyze right away if it's not well executed well enough mm. in the artistic level yes. but I suspect people listening to us have the same experiences also when they forget first of all what kind of art is happening to them mm-hmm. so Robin uh, in Vilnius you not only came to see the organs right you participated in the archaeological conference, right? Yes. Uh, I've seen uh, this uh, annual meeting of European Archaeological Society, right? So can you tell us a little bit what you did and what you presented about? Oh, um, actually it's also quite connected to churches, Mm -hmm. but a bit older than the Casperini organ uh, because I um, made the last two years I was working with a kind of inventory for what is preserved of um, early medieval wooden constructions, in effect, roof constructions in the medieval churches of West Sweden. And uh, in a way, there are quite a lot of them. And these are constructions built in the 12th century, still working. In wood, from wood, right? In wood, yes. That's amazing. And just like... uh, Casperini organ from the 18th century mm-hmm. also com- almost completely wood mm-hmm. and st- still in function I've heard a lot about Norwegian wood building right? Yeah the stave churches are very mm-hmm. famous mm-hmm. and they are from the same time and well there are 20 of them or something and uh, well but here we have uh, maybe some hundreds of preserved uh, roof constructions very nicely timbered from 12th century and 13th century still working. Mm -hmm. And uh, originally these uh, roof trusses from wood, uh, they were visible from the room, from the church, from below. Uh Uh, So they were part of the aesthetical experience of the the early Romanesque church in those days. And of course it must have had an impression... uh, uh, have importance for the acoustics as well, in a way. Maybe the acoustics were very bad, because when later in the medieval time they <laughs> made vaults. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, so these roof constructions are very nicely made because they were meant to be visible. 
so it's nothing hasty about them they are very exactly cut and the surfaces are very nice done sometimes you have decorations sometimes you have a place to hang up uh, this um, small bell for marking the different stages of the service and uh, well in a way it's a kind of carpentry that actually must have already been in Sweden when Christianity came there. Mm -hmm. From uh, the Vikings time, right? More or less. More so or it's less. a bit disputed, but this is uh, how it's cut with the axe. It's quite typical, because you get a quite typical surface. We could look at it with a, with a flashlight uh, from the side, and you see this, this pattern that you only see from this time, because later it disappeared, and you only see it in Norway and, and Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, so probably the Viking Age carpenters lived on and, and, and they met the stonemasons from Europe. And then, of course, they built boats in yes, a similar they way. Knew too. how mm -hmm. to build from wood. Uh, with all those um, materials and they bend the wood, right? Yes. And at the same time, they would bend the, uh, the materials for ceilings as well. Yes, of they course. They knew how to do that technologically. Yes. So mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, and uh, I'm interested also to know whether woodworm likes to eat that kind of wood or not today yes yes it's a problem in Sweden as well mm. <coughs> maybe it's more a problem here on the in Europe southern more southern parts of Europe but uh, well it's getting warmer in Sweden as well and well <coughs> may have also made lots of insulation work sometimes in the churches and that has changed the climate on in the attics then and uh, Sometimes that's not so good mm -hmm. if it's too uh, not too well dilated. So if it's it too humid, yeah, right? yeah, if it's too humid in parts of the year, then it's a good place for the worms to eat. Mm -hmm. Just like in sculptures in a church room or uh, organs, organs for that Especially. example too. So it's all connected in a way because mm -hmm. it's historical materials in historical buildings, and they are always uh, <coughs> the object of threats from climate and people of course <laughs> and animals <laughs> and woodworm doesn't uh, choose should I have for breakfast an organ or a ceiling uh, or a sculpt sculpture right? we don't know <laughs> we have gourmets <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it should be at least some hundred years old <laughs> uh huh uh, Yes, and well, I've seen quite examples from in Transylvania as well, where you, well, not only had the woodworm, but you also must have had a kind of animal living inside oh, the yeah, organ. Oh, yeah, bats, right? Yes, yeah, bats, or, or Especially some in kind Transylvania, of, right? Well, oh, we have them in Attics in Sweden as well. But, uh, well, rats or any road, big rodents or something eating away inside the organ. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, well, you could see these uh, examples of complete devastation in, a, in an 18th century organ or 19th century organ of the church as a whole, for that example. When the windows in this church were not um, hermetically sealed uh, mm -hmm. some uh, 10 years ago, yeah. uh, there were uh, some pigeons ah, nesting yes, on, yes. The, on the pillars. The pillars yes. yes, and during the concerts, organ concerts, Yeah. They not particularly liked the music and start, they start, started to, yeah. to, I don't know, to scream and uh, yes. how to say this, to make some noises and sounds. And uh, in one case, uh, 
procession uh, with the rector of the of the mm. university came, and uh, this pigeon, uh, I think, uh, pooped, <laughs> pooped on the rector's uh, on the rector's uh, you know yes, robe. Yes, yes. Uh, so that well, then they decided to change the wind uh, windows and to make it uh, hermetic. Mm. So. So yes, we had all kinds of uh, experiences with animals. For example, in one summer, uh, I noticed inside of the organ a swallow. Mm-hmm. Swallow, oh, yes. uh, a small bird, right? They're very fast. Very fast, but which cannot really fly. They just of, have of to. The, no, no. They just the, have to jump from. Yeah, a they have to jump, point. and it was somehow uh, sort of nested on the on the on the ground of the organ mm-hmm. so what i did i picked it up i picked it up with my hands mm-hmm. uh, from the organ brought back to the uh, courtyard of university and yes. i uh, uh, sort of uh, get get a jump start for, yes, for yes. it and uh, it flew away and said thank you Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that was very nice. So, Robin, of course, your uh, archaeological and uh, art historian w- w- work with with wooden churches, wooden ceilings is um, sort of um, very curious for for non or non or, or non art historians, right? We don't notice these things, mm-hmm. but you have when you go to the wooden church like this, you have to notice these things, right? Yes, yes, and well, the most interesting parts of the churches, as for most historical buildings, are the, the parts that you don't see immediately, the hidden away parts, mm-hmm. the attics, the catacombs, the inside of the organ, uh, these uh, places where you, as a normal visitor, you, you don't get to see them, but there you can actually often, quite easy, more easily, if you have a trained eye, uh, read the history of a building mm-hmm. and how it was used and sometimes, well, you know in the attic you put all kinds of stuff that you don't need anymore, mm-hmm. but you don't want to from away, from away or burn them so, uh, well, you find lots of old things in the attics from like, several hundreds like years. Like the organ, too? Yes, you, you find, find organs, organs as well, mm-hmm. organ pipes and, well, sometimes whole organs lying around uh, in parts. We actually uh, noticed in a small church, a quite nice, one of a few preserved Vestinius organs, actually, actually only stuffed away, stuffed away in a magazine part of a tower just very tight Jonas Vistenius is connected with Lithuania too uh, through uh, the Königsberg organ school he was uh, I think trained in in Königsberg under under one of the masters there I think it was the old Kasparini could have have been the the father or grandfather maybe the father Adam Horatius and then uh, then he came to, to, to Sweden to work but uh, uh, Kasparini, Adam Gottlob Kasparini, c- uh, came to Lithuania and East Prussia and Polish uh, region to work also. He, they, they both were influenced by the same school. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about Vistanius, I remember Kasparini and, uh, yes, they, they have some similar features. Yes. So, Robin... Um, uh, what is next in, on your agenda in your research? What are you planning to to 
to to do when you get 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 well, home? Oh, actually, uh, <clears throat> on Tuesday, it's the the uh, final meeting for actually an organ restoration. Well, now it's finished, so we will have to just mm-hmm. take a final look at everything. And it's uh, the Sherlin organ of Svenorum Church, south, south of Jönköping, that has been restored during the last year. Uh, so it will be inaugurated in less than a month now. So one of the, maybe the last <laughs> Sherlin organs to uh, to uh, be resurrected mm-hmm. in a way. It's been silent for almost uh, more than 50 years almost. Per uh, Sherlin, right? Yes, the a famous Inchöping uh, organ builder mm-hmm. turn of around 1800, early 19th century. So it's late Baroque, right? Late Baroque classical. Yes, you could say it is. Uh, it's quite in that classical period. Um, are there many composers from that period who, who lived in Sweden who composed on, on those instruments, do you know? Well, we didn't have that huge amount of composers. We had those connected to the court, of course, uh, the famous Krauss and some others uh, the end of the 18th century. Otherwise, uh, well, I'm not sure, but of course, the, the organists in the cathedrals and uh, the bigger churches, well, I guess they also composed something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. But, but of course, the organist uh, who will be performing on this instrument for the inauguration yes. should probably be aware of something Yes. from that time, especially yes. in Sweden. Yes, yes, of uh, course. Because not, it's not uh, probably a good idea to play Bach, 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 Bach no, on that no, instrument. No, no. Only Bach, right? No. You could play Bach, but uh, if you find some original sources from that time, from that mm. area, mm. that would connect the typical uh, instrument with the time yes. and the occasion yes. very nicely. And, and uh, I think... The archives, right, mm-hmm. uh, might reveal some information. So, uh, interesting, uh, Robin, when you get back, uh, of course, you will see uh, lots of uh, not only wooden churches, no. when, uh, your usual, but also uh, organs. So, uh, when you when you go back in your memory, uh, some. Um, some many years ago when you first started being interested in historical materials you're so advanced now, right? Uh, do, you, do you know what is the number one thing you wish you knew back then that may, would have made your life easier? Oh, hard question lots of things probably Just <laughs> maybe the most significant yeah. because this will become very nice uh, advice for people who are listening to us right now. Yes. How to, for example, just for example, uh, how to look at uh, uh, historical material. If organist, for example, mm. go to a, an old church with an old um, organ, right? Um, how, how they should uh, uh, look at the material? What should they discover? What should they notice, right? Or to the building. Because you have trained eyes, right? Yes. But not always. At the first, in the beginning, you didn't have those no, eyes. No, no, no. But now you do. Yes. So, what did you discover during that time that might have changed your life? Yes. Well. Well, I think the to see and 
get acquainted with a, the, the most possible material in a way. Uh, it's a very good school. You could read very much, but it's always better to see with your own eyes and experience with your own senses. Uh, and, well, that was my best school in a way after the university when I had my first job making inventories. Uh, so some, well, it's now 11 years ago or something, 12 years ago. That was the real good school. Well, you had some equipment with you from the university for your mind, but there's some analytical thinking and so on. But when you to, to try it in the field, hands-on experience, right? Yes, yes. I think it's the that's the most important. Of course, you should read and study and continue read and study, but. Well, you not only in an academical sense, but really out in the field, mm-hmm. and that's what's nice with my with my work as well. Because uh, I this time of the year, I'm normally not that much in my office. I'm mainly out in, with the buildings and with the people maintaining them. So uh, that's the best school. And well, you could always think, oh, why didn't I study that? Thing in those days, mm-hmm. and why didn't I start playing organ when I still was a child? Would <laughs> have made things easier. Uh, but well, you can't change what you didn't mm-hmm. do. But well, you should always take the opportunity when it's given to you if you have the least interest in it. Uh, because well, an opportunity—it's not certain, but it comes back. So you have to grab the, the moment when it comes to you and make the best of it in a way. So very good advice really to 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 get hands-on experience. You go to the field, right? Go yes. to the to an old organ, right? Yes, For example. Yes, and, and, don't and listen and yes. see and touch and smell and um, try to be curious, right? Yes, about yes. how it works. Curiosity how it's is the the main thing. Like uh, when we went down to the catacombs of yes. up the ladders uh, so well well, you should challenge yourself because the curiosity should always be the most, more most powerful. Uh, <laughs> and it was a little bit of scary experience to go, and you don't know what you will find. No, right? no, but that's the thrilling thing about it. Adventure, right? Uh, yes, in a way, it's. Uh, Who's lurking behind you don't, the you corner? Don't, you don't have to climb a mountain for the adventure. <laughs> but uh, well, it's a, the natural curiosity, and as long as you had that, I think you will always get a bit forward all the time but when you don't have the curiosity anymore it's uh, when you, you just, maybe should stop then you just sit in front of TV right uh, yes well, I don't do that anymore, right right so. <laughs> so so as long as you have curiosity you're moving forward right you're learning yes. new things every yes, day yes. so uh, I hope you learned at least one new thing in Lithuania when you visited us, right? Yes. What was number one thing you learned in Lithuania that you remember or you will remember the most? Oh, uh, number one thing. Well, Lithuania has quite a lot of nice possibilities and a astonishing cultural heritage. So true. Uh, my main impression from Vilnius is the the Baroque mm-hmm. actually so and well 
sometimes it's from my sense a bit too heavily restored or renovated mm -hmm. sometimes it's not renovated at all and uh, well it's always a way to how to proceed we have all different regards on heritage care of course one regard in Sweden others in Lithuania uh -huh. but uh, well uh, like with organs just don't stop with the facade get to know the inside I think that's important and uh, I hope it will go on in that direction right yes so thank you so much for your time and your insights Robin uh, I think uh, people around the world uh, will remember how important curiosity is uh, to stay curious to learn new things right how things work not only in in, in technological organ um, world right mechanics and the construction but look around right yes. what kind of building it is in what, right? what do I see around me actually right. what, where, where am I <laughs> right that's yes. that's also says a lot of the instrument itself and uh, sometimes it helps your playing too yes getting to know the instrument just, get, just getting to know the country where you are or the city or the building or the organ by which you're sitting which of course every every place every organ has its character its possibilities its weaknesses and well, adapt to that and make something really good out of it. Uh, well, it's something universal, I think. Thank you. Thank you so much and good luck in your cultural adventures. Yes, thank you very much, Vidas. If you would like to know more about Robin's uh, work, please visit uh, his homepage at gulbrandsonsfoto.wordpress.com that is G-U-L-L-B-R-A-N-D-S-S-O-N-F-O-T-O dot wordpress dot com. And his other page involves his research uh, in academia. So that's uh, J-K-P-G-L-M dot academia. So that's A-C-A-D-E-M ia.edu forward slash Robin Gulbranson R-O-B-I-N G-U-L-L B-R-A-N-D S-S-O-N If you liked this conversation I encourage you to visit my blog Secrets of Organ Playing at organduo.lt where you will find lots of insights, practical advice and training for every area of organ playing. You can subscribe to this blog for free to get your daily dose of inspiration and to be the first to know when any of my future podcasts roll out. I hope to help you reach your dreams in organ playing. I'm Vida Spinkavitus. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you online really soon.